Hi, this is Todd Glass, and you're listening to PF Tape Recorder. Huh? That's a good thing. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Jake Johansson on keeping it fresh, but also satisfying the fan base. Yeah, I wanna be I wanna be testing the waters, I wanna be out there exploring and doing new things, but I don't wanna be taking advantage of an audience of people who they made their plans, they paid their money, they came out to see a show. So it does have to be funny. We'll hear more from Jake in just a bit. Song of the Week is from a band called Lost in Paradise. They just contacted me via email, or rather their people did, and said, please consider this for your show. So we did. And it's the Song of the Week. More on that in a bit. Kind of a crazy week this week, so in lieu of a dumb bit, we're going to hear uh, a few words from our made-up sponsors. Wink, wink. How many times has this happened to you? I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to the restroom. Hmm. Flounders or snappers? Ooh. Let's try snappers. Sorry, wrong door. If you're a guy or girl on the go, then you know theme restaurant bathroom designations can be misleading. But now you don't ever have to be confused again because you've got the Restroom Thesaurus. The Restroom Thesaurus lists every possible combination of male-female euphemism. Blokes and birds, bantams and hens, shoots and ladders, bobsleds and moguls, endomorphs and gynecomorphs. Yes, the Restroom Thesaurus is your one-stop source for avoiding embarrassing entrances into the wrong bathroom. Seafood restaurants. Oh, let's see. Buoys and gulls, bulkheads and portholes, hornpipes and shanties. Oh, here we go. Flounders are men. All right. Never walk into the wrong restroom again with the Restroom Thesaurus because you don't want to take a shot in the dark. First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm, I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. Jake Johansson is a fan of comedian who you could call a comedian's comedian. He pioneered that storytelling style years ago with tales of just, well, what it's like to be Jake in this world. Here now is our interview with Jake Johansson. Um, so anyway, uh, we were saying what was, what was new with you, what's going on with you that's, uh, that's new and great. <laughs> what is going on with me that's new and great? Man, I wish I had some kind of... Uh, what what needs to be going on with me that's new and great? You know, I mean... That's uh, true, yeah. <clears throat> I'm loving my life. I'm touring around. Uh, you know, you always writing new material. And uh, 
true. I end up going back to some of the places I've been, but that's because I like it. And so uh, coming back to Minneapolis, I'm working on my podcast. That wasn't going on five years ago. I don't think I had a podcast five years ago. So okay. uh, that's the thing that's happening. Um, I did a new special, I think, since five years ago called Pictures of My Dinner, which is out, available. You can download it on my website. That's what we do. You know, nobody buys a thing anymore. They buy a digital thing. Yeah, it's like and the digital so I've got a digital, I got a digital thing, and the podcast is a digital thing. I got a lot of digital things. Well, there you go. You're keeping, um, up, keeping up with the times. Yeah, see, I didn't think I was doing anything, but I'm doing <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, I've got a wife and a kid. My daughter's getting bigger. My wife is about the same size. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a sunny day in California. Feels pretty, pretty good. There you go. Now, I heard you on uh, my friend Jackie Cation's podcast, oh gosh, a while ago, talking about New Orleans. I didn't realize you were a big New Orleans buff. Yeah, that's my, that's my thing. New Orleans is my thing. That's what I'm passionate about. Although this year, here's another new thing that I'm doing. PFGs. This is like a therapy session for me. <laughs> Um, I know, right? I have been I've been going to New Orleans every year for Jazz Fest for 22 years without oh, wow. missing a year. Sometimes I go also in the off time, but this year, 2016, I'm going to make an exception to my longtime tradition because I've been uh, invited down to the Melbourne Comedy Festival in Melbourne, oh, Australia. Wow. So I'm going to Australia. Yeah, well, that's uh, that, that's a pretty good. So if you've been to New Orleans twenty one years in a row, going to Melbourne, I think people will understand. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it, I feel like it's a legitimate excuse. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm sure that I'm going to have mixed feelings while I'm down there watching my friends text me pictures of them, you know, dancing or eating, or you know, doing some fantastic thing. Yeah, but we do a makeup trip to New Orleans. Go down for some other reason. Makeup trip, yes, I do have a makeup trip planned for the fall. So. There you go. Yeah, I'm one step ahead of you on that. My daughter, big fan of New Orleans. In fact, she wanted to go to college there, and we said, no, we don't like that idea. In fact, we um we went down to Texas to see my brother-in-law and his family, and then my daughter begged us, can we please, when we come back, come back so we can go through New Orleans? And we're like, sure. And we all liked it a lot. And, of course, she loved it, She just like she thought she would. And uh, Although I think she'd been there for a band competition, a marching band competition uh, she'd went down for and fell in love with it that way. So, um, yeah. Well, that, that's the first time that I went there. I was 15 in the high school marching band. Oh, wow. Didn't really, I didn't fall in love with it then. I mean, I had a great time. But uh, that's the first time I was there, too, marching band competition. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, she, if she could pick one place to live, I think, or go to college, it would be New Orleans. So, Yeah, well, a friend of mine who's part of this group of people who go to New Orleans, his daughter went to college in New Orleans and then wound up living there. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, she's my daughter's godmother. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I I feel like, you know, New Orleans is for grown-ups, and you've got to you got to be a grown up. You got to deal with your. You got to deal with who you are. <laughs> Sometimes that can be a little tricky. You got to put your own safe safeguards and checks and balances in place. Yeah, there is that. But then there also is this. Um, Harry Shearer was on Marin's program talking about this. He also uh, became enamored of New Orleans later in life, and he lives down there now. 
And uh, he said something I thought was fascinating and that I, I noticed when I was there after I heard him say this on Marin show was that, uh, you know, from an artistic standpoint, there are people there just doing the work. They're not really concerned about being famous, not really concerned about, you know, the, the, the long thing. They're just doing the work. And just from being down there for that little bit, I'm like, but that's exactly right. He's, he's not wrong on that. Well, that is right. And that's, that's what kind of, you know, when we started this conversation, you said, what's new with you? That's always a little bit of a, a question that a lot of times I think the rest of the United States, especially, but maybe the rest of the world kind of judges uh, artistic people about, hey, what's the, what's the new thing? What's the exciting thing? How are you going to get to be as famous as the Kardashians? And <laughs> I feel like, you know, from going down to New Orleans, I feel like what that place has to teach you as a performer is that uh, every time you walk on stage to give the people who are in attendance what they want, you're, you're doing the most important thing. You're, you're doing it. And so that's kind of, I guess, what I'm about at this point in my career is, is that the relationship that I'm having with the people who are at the show to get what they want. That's, that's, that's what's important to me. And so the, the idea that <laughs> the, the idea that, uh, you know, you have to kind of tell people who aren't going to come to the show about what great is going down so that then they can decide and judge that always gets to be a little tricky. That that's, that's the part of it. That's like, yeah, I, I want more people to show up for the thing, but, uh, you know, you can kind of wind up a little bit spinning your wheels, trying to convince people, Hey, look, it's a good time. It's a good thing. We're going to have a good time whether you show up or not, but, uh, I can't, how, how, how much of my time do I need to spend trying to get people to show up who aren't, you know, who don't get it? Well, yeah, and that seems like that's the the vibe of that town is that you know it's 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 about the, more about the art and not about the you know the uh, the audience uh, necessarily, unless, you know. But so well, you, it is about the audience in the sense that I mean, I've I've seen some awesome shows down there, but some of my favorite people, I've seen I've seen the same guys go on in front of you know three thousand people or ten thousand people on the big stages at Jazz Fest, and then I've seen them in a bar with 20 people and they, for me, when I'm looking at them, they're bringing it as hard in both of those situations. And that's, that's something to aspire to. And do you kind of feel like you know, refreshed and recharged when you're down there in that kind of artistic community or is it more like just a vacation? I, yeah, I, recharge is a, is a way to put it. Yeah. I feel like you, you get your mind right. You get your mind right. And um, so, uh, you know, you're an established brand. Of course, people know Jake Johansson. And in, in a way, you've kind of, I think it's safe to say you've kind of pioneered the modern-day storytelling stand-up. You were one of the first guys to really, I think, explore that. Uh, they had, you know, some popularity anyway. Do you feel like a fidelity to that brand, or do you feel okay moving out of your comfort zone from time to time? I, I, I got you got a little mushy on my end for the sound. What was what did you say? Do I feel okay moving out of your comfort zone occasionally, or do you feel fidelity to the Jake Johansson brand and what kind of people have come to expect uh, from your kind well, of comedy? I mean, <laughs> the what I'm trying to do is 
to express myself to to the people who are interested about what I think is funny and what's going on in the world. And so that's always the case. And how that happens or what I'm talking about changes over time. And then the way I know if I'm doing my, you know, my, my work site evaluation is pretty immediate. So if people are laughing, I did it. And people aren't laughing, <laughs> you know, we need to have a, we need to have a little meeting about it, you know? So, uh, so, so yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I guess it's a little different than music. I, you know, with David Bowie dying, I was, I read this thing that Trent Reznor was writing where, you know, he went to see David Bowie or David Bowie was on a tour with them and, and Bowie wanted to do some stuff that wasn't really exactly what the audience was anticipating. And, you know, it was maybe slightly disappointing to them, but that doesn't really apply in comedy because it's like, look, you're coming, people are coming to laugh. <laughs> and so you have to kind of deliver that. And I mean, it's not like I'm so known for certain bits that people are going to go, Oh geez, I came to see him. And he didn't do free bird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's funny. Cause you, mentioned, so, uh, you mentioned Bowie and I, I'd read this quote right after you passed away where he said that, um, you know, the best place to be artistically, he feels is to go out into the water to where your toes can barely touch the bottom but where you're still above water and that right there, that's the perfect place to be. Cause you're just, you know, you got a level of comfort, but then there's just a slight level of that. You're in new territory. And, uh, it, it kind of sounds like you could do that in comedy, whether it's, if, you know, some people are very, uh, faithful to their set list. Other people are like, well, something happens in the room. I'm going to address that. And to what level they address that, uh, you know, depends, I guess, you know, on the, on the comic. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that, that goes back to that whole new Orleans, thing is, you know, I feel like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be testing the waters. I want to be out there exploring and doing new things, but I don't want to be taking advantage of an audience of people who, you know, they made their plans, they paid their money, they came out to see a show. So it does have to be funny. I mean, I, I, I guess if you're a kind of a guy who has a reputation of like, Hey, Sometimes it's going to be funny and sometimes you're going to be coming to a workshop and I'm not going to tell you which one those it, those are you're going to get ahead of time. So you're just going to have to deal with it. If that's, if that's who you are, then I guess that's okay. But I'm a little bit more of the guy who, who is like, look, I'll, I've got the show that I'm currently doing and then I'm trying to explore and push and develop and always expand. So it's always in the process of evolving into another thing. And so unlike somebody who's trying to turn over their whole show and so, Hey, you just, you happen to catch it at the beginning of, you know, the infancy of this whole hour long show. So that's what you're going to get. That's not how I do it. I've got some parts of the show are in their infancy and some parts of the show are mature and and, you know, sometimes new parts are spontaneously kind of blooming and bearing fruit uh, on a given show because of something that spontaneously happens. I mean, I guess we're sort of deep in some kind of weird um, plant and swimming metaphor. But uh, <laughs> I, 
I hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So as you've gotten older and have been at this a while, has it become easier to uh, develop stories because just you should have more life experiences, or is it kind of a challenge uh, to make it fresh? Well, I find that the, the, the tricky part is to get on stage in front of people often enough that you're generating new material and you're, um, and you're kind of working it and crafting it. So, so the trick really to me is not the challenge of coming up with new ideas. It's the challenge of being able to get enough, enough gigs on the dates on the calendar where you're doing that. And, and by saying that, not, not that it's hard to get booked. I don't mean that. I just mean that I've got a wife and a family and, and friends and a life here. So I'm trying to go on the road two weeks a month. And then I'm trying to be here to be able to do other showbiz stuff a, a couple times a month. And so, so, so it's all just about keeping that cycle alive so that, okay, I've been home now for a week or a week and a half. I'm getting ready to come to Minneapolis. I'm excited about what new stuff I'm going to be doing there. I know what stuff is really kind of coming on and working now. This is this is my plan for that week. This is what I want to. This is what I want to put into the show, or this is what I want to accomplish. Because then, after that, I'm going to this other place to do shows. I'm trying to get ready for Melbourne right now, so that's a kind of a different kind of a show than the ones that we do in the states, where you know, most of the comedy club gigs here are the, there's an opening act and then who does 15 minutes and then someone goes on in the middle and does 20, 25. And then I go on and do 50 minutes to an hour, but there at this festival, it's going to be people show up, sit down in their seats. I come out, do an hour. That's the whole show. And so that has a little bit of a different demand because you're, you're not just doing your show. You're kind of, putting the whole evening in a context. So you kind of have to come out and introduce yourself and get to know the people who are there and then kind of work into the theme of what you want to talk about. And then at the end, it's meant to feel like, uh, well, that was, <laughs> you know, this is what you came for and now I did it and this is the completion of the thing. So I'm trying to think about my act in terms of that right now to, to get ready to go. And so that's been sort of a fun way to, to change what's happening, at least contextually for me on stage uh, in the clubs here. Have you performed overseas before? Um, I've done the, uh, this comedy festival in Ireland in Kilkenny uh, a few times. And uh, last summer I went to London and had a little run at the Soho Theater, which is, which is kind of the type of experience that I was just describing. Okay. And so, is, are you? Uh, you think they'll they'll take a liking to you there in Australia? Because like they see Australians seem to like Americans, and as my friend Jimmy Dore says, it's the last place on earth where they still like Americans. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I I like to think that that's one of their good qualities. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I'm ho I'm hoping that it's going to be nice. You know, I, I think all of those any time where you're going to a new place, and this is even true. In the States, you know, if I'm going to a new city, if I was going to Birmingham, Alabama, which I've been to, but it's been a while, you know, you, you want to kind of 
walk on stage and say, hey, look, I'm not here because I think I'm fabulous. I'm here because I think you're fabulous. You know, I wanted to come and see what you're like and then tell you a little bit about what I'm like. But it, it's, I think as long as you don't come with this giant ego of like, yes, I'm here to blow your minds, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 it, that it's going to be, that it's going to be a good experience. Are there certain kinds of bits you gravitate towards? Because uh, I know, you know, Brian Regan famously uh, says, you know, it's usually him versus some inanimate object or situation. Uh, are there certain things you gravitate more towards, be it family experiences or, you know, you versus uh, your car or something like that, or just whatever happens to be funny is what goes in? Boy, I, you know what? I, I think that's more something that I might be able to to say if I was going to go back and look at my t material in retrospect, oh, this is what kind of was analytically, this is what was going on. But in the moment of me trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about or what the new thing I'm going to do on stage is about, it's less calculated than that and more just, um, oh, this is something that happened or this is something that I'm talking about or this is something that I just read. And then overdoing it on stage and saying things in a certain order, they kind of get hooked together and they, they, a context kind of happens rather than is put in place ahead of time. So, um, that said, I, I guess there's always a little bit of my show that's about personal. That's about me. Like this is what it feels like to be me at this age, having been here for this amount of time. Uh, this is what it's like to have a wife. <laughs> this is what it's like to have a kid. So there's that stuff. And then it's all, there's, there's other stuff about this is, this is what I think about the idea that, <laughs> that we're ta Americans are talking about going to Mars, or this is what I think it's going to be like when we have robot cars. That's cool. And it seems so, to, uh, it seems very, um, it seems timeless. Your, your, your act Whereas a lot of, you know, guys of, uh, won't name names, but you know some guys. They they came out and they were very bright very quickly, and then it's kind of like, eh, they're still around, but it's not people. You kind of have to be in a mood to see them. Or I think you know you could always go see Jake Johansson. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that that is also kind of not as much uh, <clears throat> because of something I'm deliberately doing. It's something that I am kind of incidentally doing, which is. You know, I think I think other comics have gotten this other kind of success where they've kind of blown up on uh, a TV show or something, and so they've taken a break from stand-up. Where I've been, I've been kind of going out every every other week to do these club dates. So I still know what audiences are like because they're like what they were like two weeks ago, the last time I was out at a comedy club. And of course, over these. 30 years of my career, audiences have changed a lot and I've changed, but, uh, incrementally, you know, we're still, we're still connected in that same way. And so that's, that's, I mean, I'm not sure that that's what you're talking about. Oh, exactly. That's, yeah. That's kind of the, that's kind of the perspective that I've got on, on my career right now. Yeah, you've got your finger on the pulse. So, uh, you kind of, you have a better sense of what the people want versus someone, like you said, who's been on a show or has this one kind of comedy that people seem to enjoy briefly, but then they kind of lose their flavor for it. Yeah, well, that finger on the pulse thing sounds pretty great, <laughs> but it also feels a little bit braggy. I don't, I, don't, I would well, never no, brag is, or say, "Okay, no, but like you said, this." But 
but if you're in the club and you know what's working and what's not, and, and you know that on a bi-weekly basis, you're in much better shape to determine jokes than you are someone who did a couple of movies and was on a series and then all of a sudden goes out and hasn't been in a club in three, four years and, you know, maybe isn't quite used to yeah. how to react to things. So That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I just, I would say, look, I know what, I know what audiences are like nowadays because I just saw them <laughs> yeah. a week ago. <laughs> You know, or or a week ago, or last night. Well, cool, man. Uh, appreciate you taking the time and putting up with my rubbishy mixer. I'm gonna have to definitely ask for a new one for my birthday coming up here in April. Um, but again, thanks for taking the time. This will be in print and online in city pages, of course, the week you are up there. So do check it out. And um, I hope we'll see you back in Cincinnati here sometime soon. I think it's been a while. Since I'm dying. To, I'm actually dying to get to Cincinnati. I PF, are you still there? I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long it's been since I've been there, but uh, everybody's telling me about Go Bananas, so yep. I really want to get down there. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll put in a word. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank All you. Right. Well, this has been a fun conversation. Yes, it has, as always. Um, we should do this more often. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure thing. Okay. Well, great talking to you, Jake. Thanks. All right. All right thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Jake Johansson for being on the show. You can catch Jake. Well, he's going to be in Minneapolis. Let me see. Thursday. No, I'm sorry. Wednesday, February 17th through Saturday, February 20th. And as far as his other dates, he has not updated his website. But if you need any other Jake Johansson information, you can go to jakethis.com. Isn't that easy? All right. So a few things before we get to the song of the week. Um, I teach a podcasting class to young people on Saturdays. And I know, I know, who's going to teach you, P.F.? I get it. But anyway, one of my students uh, has his own podcast, and uh, he really took to doing this. His name is Joe, and I saved his website here. Yes, it's uh, you can get it at the tlmmnetwork.weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. And I believe his show is about, um, I listened to like the pilot episode, and it's uh, about you know, different things people are interested in, sort of like our friend Jackie Cation's Dork Force, but more from a, uh, I guess, junior high type of perspective. So do check that out. He's about to drop his fifth episode. So very exciting there. I'm going to skip the uh, credits because I just don't feel like doing them this week. Uh, and we're going to go right to the song of the week. Song of the week is from a band, as I mentioned in the opener, called Lost in Paradise. They are a five-piece off of County Durham in the UK. Only been together uh, about a year and I don't even know how these folks found me, but their publicist, whoever's working with them, uh, said, here's a track for your consideration, and I considered it, and I liked it. They really sound um, a lot more American than they do British. Sound like our friends The Turnback, maybe, or Northern Faces. Anyway, this track is called Changes. It is our song of the week on PF Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening.
Cause I love you 